This is the main event. Welcome to the main event 365 football podcast, Detroit Lions style, made by musicians. Mike Abraham here with Russ Wayne. How you doing, Russ? Russ is doing great. Excited. Week one is upon us. Week uh-huh. one is upon us. It is episode three of the podcast. That means this is the last show before the kickoff of the 2022 season for the Detroit Lions. And we are excited about the matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles for week one to get this season started. But before we look ahead to that, Russ, I want to take a look back at the offseason, wrap it up, put it to bed, put a bow on it, and and, and say goodnight so as we get ready and look forward to week one to where we finally get to play some meaningful football um, as we approach that kickoff day on September the 11th. So looking back, uh, I just finished Hard Knocks. What about you? I, I love the hard knocks, man. That was something else. That yeah, was something amazing. else. Um, hard knocks. I'm telling you, man, like if you were looking for like a national view of what uh, the Detroit Lions are going through, and, and most people from the outside didn't even know that Detroit had a football team, I wouldn't think. And I think that hard knocks kind of shined a nice light on the, the city of Detroit and Dan Campbell was the right person for that job to uh, show the grit and, 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 and really, I love the intro to hard knocks where they're showing the tires and, and, you know, making, yeah, we're, we were making cars and we're making football teams. So that was my first impression right off the bat. How about yeah. you? Yeah. I loved hard knocks. Uh, every episode I found myself wiping tears out of my eyes. Uh, I, I think the, the HBO team at, at HBO films did an incredible job uh, with the production, the, so many different camera angles, so many different storylines. They did a great job of finding those human interest stories among the teams and and highlighting those human interest pieces. And it really sucked me in. And the, you know, the big thing is, I, I think everybody got to see what we have been seeing, uh, that this coaching staff and this front office is building something here. And that was really highlighted, especially in this last episode where, the, the players who were being cut or, or being waived were so gracious and so appreciative of uh, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell that I think that really speaks volumes for, for what kind of guys they are and the way they represent th- themselves and the team to the players. And uh, that that's just going to help us down the road. And, and a lot, the whole world gets to see what we're building here in Detroit. So I think that Hard Knocks was a huge success all the way around for that reason. Um, honestly, I have to admit, I never saw Hard Knocks before, probably because I was never interested in what you know <laughs> went on in Cincinnati Bengals training camp. But um, I certainly think that I, I will go back now uh, just because of its entertainment value and how well they do with the production. It really is fantastic. Um, and anybody who hasn't seen it, I strongly you. I recommend that you watch it before September 11th so you get a little bit familiar with the players um, that we're going to have on the field who have made this 53-man roster. So, um, yeah, Hard Knocks thought it was great, but it is part of the offseason, um, and I'm, that means I'm glad it's over because next week on Sunday at 1 o'clock, they kick it off and we play real football against the Philadelphia Eagles. So just to uh, kind of wrap up the offseason there, um, Hard Knocks was a huge success. We thought the draft, you and I both thought the draft was was a huge success. Uh, they drafted six out of eight players on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, all the players from the draft made the team except James Houston, who was signed to the practice squad. Um, 
we made a couple of big free agent off season signings, not big, but, but pretty solid ones. DJ Chark on the outside um, and, and really building this team from the inside uh, on both sides of the ball. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson making a huge splash in training camp seems to be the real deal. Um, and, and we're expecting good things going forward, both sides of the ball with this Lions team for the 2022 season. Week one. Are, are you serious? Yeah, so, week one, it's here, buddy. So week by week, as far as the, the main event is concerned right here, what we want to be able to do is we want to be able to review last week and we want to go forward and, and look at next week. And since there wasn't a last week, last week was hard knocks. So we have reviewed last week. We have reviewed last season. But we got the Philadelphia Eagles coming to town, Mike. Mm-hmm. So... Should we be scared of this? Uh, we should be. Well, I don't know about scared, but but we, we should definitely anticipate a tough game. Uh, on Halloween last year, they smoked us 44 yeah. to 6, and that made our record 0 and 8 and really caused Dan Campbell to make some wholesale changes uh, on the team, like who's calling the plays and how we go to market, how, how we, we prepare for a game now. Um, things really changed in Dan Campbell's own words, and last year's Philly game was a turning point. Philadelphia, of course, made the playoffs. They have a, a talented running quarterback named Jalen Hurts, who Philly fans are kind of tore down the middle about uh, about him. Uh, he did get him to the playoffs last year, and he did rush for almost 1,000 yards. Um, so he, he led all quarterbacks in running last year. They're hoping that he doesn't have to run this much this year. They have the best offensive line in, in football, arguably, at least top three in everyone's book. And they've added some weapons around him. They've they made a trade for a receiver from Tennessee, AJ Brown, who's strong, physical, uh, plays a lot of toughness, knows how to get open. Um, they've got a Pro Bowl caliber tight end in Dallas Goddard, a former second round pick out of Alabama, Devontae Smith on the on the other side. So, so with with running backs like Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, Miles Sanders, they were the number one rushing team in the league last year. And as you had mentioned, the Lions just couldn't stop that run attack last year. 246 yards, I think they ran on us last year. So they really laid us on on laid it on us last year. And I think that uh, the Lions are going to come out and, and at least be more competitive this year. Yeah, that's phenomenal, Mike. Uh, the, I mean, and, and we're on point when it comes to uh, looking at this game. 44 to 6 is embarrassing, and uh, it didn't sit well with me. Yeah, well, yeah, the I mean, team as well. Uh, Dan Campbell's been pretty vocal about how they took it kind of personal. Even the players have commented that, uh, you know, they kind of, Jared Goff, I think it was, that said, yeah, they, they rubbed our nose in it a yeah. bit last year. Um, um, but, you know, you know, we, we talk about how the Lions have gotten better through the draft and free agency and uh, making roster cuts and like improving the culture and getting better players in. But the Eagles, I told you this before, Russ, they, they, Howie Roseman deserves executive of the year if they make the playoffs again this year because they've gone out and gotten every good free agent. A.J. Brown, they got Ray, uh, James Bradbury in the secondary from the Giants. They just picked up a D lineman from the Saints, Chauncey Gardner. Uh, Johnson. Uh, so they're making moves, man. I, I think they picked up a, a, an extra third quarterback as well. Kellen Mond, I think from the Vikings, which made room for David Blau. Um, so they really had made some sharp moves. They are stacked up and down 
the roster. The defensive line is one of the best in the league. The offensive line is one of the best in the league. They're, they're just stacked top to bottom. Um, but Detroit's not an easy, easy place to play. And, and I do like the idea of trying to catch them in week one um, because every team goes through some first game jitters and uh, every quarterback has a has to get acclimated before they get rolling. Usually a lot of times they don't come out of the gate. Um, you'll notice that a lot of opening day games hit the under uh, because teams just aren't got it all figured out yet. They're still in scrimmage mode or preseason mode. So we'll see which team comes to play. Uh I'm just excited to get this season going. Even if we lose the game to, to Philly, I, I don't see that as, as a season killer. Like I've heard some other people talk about how, well, we're not even going to be a wild card team if we lose to Philly. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Dan Campbell's already proven and shown that he's going to take it one game at a time and one step at a time. And as long as they keep that attitude and they, they, the, the players follow what the coaches are preaching to them, I think they're going to be all right. and They're going to be really competitive. Well, I mean, since you said that, like, I, and, and I think that maybe the consensus is out there that that Philly, Philly, since they did beat us so badly last year that we don't really have a chance. But let's really break this down. Last year, we lost this game and uh, we got dominated on both sides of the ball as far as the line of scrimmage. And uh, if you remember, we were actually getting pressure on Hertz, but he was just making stuff happen outside of the pocket. We did not contain him in the pocket, and they were able to run outside of the pocket anytime that they felt like it last year. Mm-hmm. So the additions of Aiden Hutchinson mm-hmm. and um, you know, and some of the uh, I would say underrated players in the middle of our defensive line. I do believe that we're going to get more pressure. And if they can contain and they can keep Jalen Hurts inside of those the, those pockets, I think that we need to force him to throw the football. And if they throw them the football or they force him to throw the football, I do believe that the Lions do have a, a, a better than a good chance. I think that they can win the game if – they do those things because mm-hmm. that would nullify AJ Brown and all these guys have to, I mean, they made a lot of great additions in the off season, but these guys have to come and figure out how Philadelphia plays where Dan Campbell is kind of installing this system. And there's a lot of people that are here on the second year that know what's going on now. So I yeah. think as far as continuity goes, I think that Detroit is, more of a cohesive unit as of right now, even mm-hmm. though Philadelphia may have the more talented team. Right. And, and, and to your point, uh, we weren't able to keep Jalen Hurts contained. They were able to get the edge anytime they wanted it. They ran off right. tackle like crazy on us. But what, what did the Lions have made adjustments in those areas? They brought in linebackers and ends that have more lateral quickness, um, the, who should be able to contain th- those areas of the field better. So let's hope that those uh, those work out. And, of course, you know that sometimes there's some luck involved, too. If you can win the turnover battle, um, you do have the home field advantage. So if you can make that work for you and you can try to keep it close and you've got a puncher's chance at the end. Uh, I mean, I definitely think up and down the roster, Philadelphia probably looks way better than us on paper. Um, True. But we've got grit. We are the grit team. So um, no one's – I think – Week one, we're going to see that people aren't going to be lining up wanting to play the Lions uh, just because it's not going to be a, a walk in the park every single Sunday. It's going to it's going to be tough. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what, it, it only gets harder, right? It only gets harder because when we're talking about the matchups of our offensive line, offensive line is supposed to be our strength, right? We're supposed to walk into this. We might have a top five offensive line. Well, we lost somebody that was very big to that played very well last year. Maybe not the best addition as a right tackle, but Haloti Pudi Vitae is a big loss. And we're going to feel that on Sunday. What's your feelings on that? Yeah, I think the most disappointing part is we've been waiting so long to see these five together. And it's one thing that you and I talk about all the time. Well, I just can't wait to see this offensive line, what it what it's supposed to be. And now he's on the physically unable form list. So he has to set out at least four games. So we've got at least another four to five weeks before we get to see this offensive line, uh, all the starters together. But let's pray that we don't get any injuries between now in that stretch so that, oh, yeah, he comes back in week five, but we lost so-and-so in week two. I mean, the chances of all five of them playing together, now we know it's not going to happen on day one. Um, but I think that the Lions have done things right, and they they do have a pretty deep bench and a deep rotation there at offensive line. Guys like Stenberg and Kramer, they can pull right. these guys up and move them around in the line and find a combination that fits to make up for uh, not having Vitae there. He is a good player. He's not a you know all pro player, but uh, definitely it was going to be nice to at least see what it would look like with all five of them there together, um, because the Lions should have a potent running attack um, with all five of them in there. I, I mean, I agree a hundred percent and you hit, you hit that right there. There, there is three guys that are kind of in line with the, you know, Evan Brown has the ability to play all three positions. So he was a candidate. Um, Tommy Kramer was a candidate and then and slow. So was Stenberg, but it looks like Tommy Kramer is going to get the nod and he's going to be starting. I don't know which side, because I know that uh, Jackson can flip either side. So, I mean, I think stick him in between Sewell and Ragnow, and I mean, he, he's not going to have to do as much going into that. Um, but you know, that is something to be noted. You know, with Vitae being gone, it might be a problem, but we do have some depth at that position. So, and it is only four weeks. So, outside of Vitae, what would you say would be your most intriguing matchup between Philadelphia and um, and the Lions in this well, week? Matchup? Well, I think the most intriguing matchup is going to be actually the receivers against our secondary. Uh, Devontae Smith on one side and A.J. Brown on the other matched up against Jeff Okuda and Amani uh, on our side. And, and I think that I think I think the Eagles want to get the ball out quickly. So which, who wins the line of scrimmage? Who wins the jam uh, coming off the line and get open? A.J. Brown's a crafty receiver. And, uh, and, and Amani, of course, is a crafty DB. So I think that battle specifically is going to be really interesting. And um, we know Philadelphia wants to run the ball. We know the Lions want to run the ball. So who emerges in the passing game? Will it be Jared Goff and his receivers, or will it be Jalen Hurts and his receivers? That's all going to be predicated on how well the DBs play and what are they giving the offense. They do have a Pro Bowl caliber uh, tight end in Dallas Goddard, uh, which which is really going to put a strain on our nickelbacks and our linebackers. But I think we have pretty good safety play there to come up and help. And uh, if we need to stack the box against the run, I think we can do that as well. So uh, I think there's intriguing matchups all over the place in this game. Um, I, I even think in the coaching, 
there, there's an intriguing matchup. I know that Dan Campbell, you can tell by the way he talks, he took this one a little personal last year. And, and I think he really wants to make a good showing against uh, with a second year coach, Nick Siriana. So um, that's what I see as the most intriguing matchup. What about you? My most intriguing matchup is our new defensive lineman versus, uh, you know, because Jalen Hurts just had a field day last year. That dude could just run around. He was just, just I mean, he, he just looked like he was a kid in a candy store running around just having fun. Just, yeah, I'm just going to run around and do what I want. Yeah. I took him on my fantasy team. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you had him on your fantasy team during that game last, last year, you probably won that week. So, to me, you know, Aiden Hutchinson and Charles Harris versus their outside, can they contain and can they set the edge for Miles Sanders just running wherever the hell he wanted to go last year too? I mean, like you said, it was like 200, something stupid, something like 200,000 yards rushing. And we just could, it didn't have to pass. I don't even know if Jalen Hurts can throw a ball. I mean, he didn't have to. I mean, he's sitting back there just, yeah, I'll just run wherever I want. So that, to me, you can set the edge and you can contain him and keep him inside the pocket. That's the most intriguing matchup to me. Um, the Lions, on the other hand, uh, Jared Goff's a pocket passer and everything needs to be precise. And they're a very tough defense. They did very well in the draft, picking up Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean. Uh, they beefed up an already good defense. They, they picked up some great free agents this year. Um, they're one of the top defensive teams in the, in the league. So it's going to be tough sledding, even if the Lions are on their best game. Um, they're going to need to try to keep this game closer. It's going to get out of hand like it did last year. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, the question is, like, with all of these additions, with everything that's going – I mean, they were – a playoff team last year. They're and a now, Super Bowl contender, I, Russ. Count on it. Is it. A Super Bowl contending team. Yeah, I, think, I, I think they're going to win the NFC East. I think they're going to beat Dallas out and, and win it. Yep. Um, just because they're they're better up and down the roster. Um, their quarterback yeah, now, their quarterback is the question mark, right? Whether this guy can become an NFL uh, arm or not. Um, but I think they believe in him. They definitely put him in a position where it's a prove it time now for Jalen Hurts. We've given sure. you all the weapons. You, they were the number one running team. You got the best offensive line. Now you got all these weapons on the outside. It's time to put up or shut up. And we're going to find out this year. So nobody is playing for more this year, I believe, than Jalen Hurts. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, the, absolutely, Philadelphia is a Super Bowl contender. And you, you better believe that the Lions know it too. And that's how they're preparing. When we look at this matchup of golf versus Hurts, um, it's really night and day. It's two separate quarterbacks who, who play completely different games. Um, and it's going to be critical for the Lions to hit that precision and that timing passing game uh, because it doesn't matter how great of a defense you are. If if you're at the spot where the ball is going to be before they are, then you're going to win. You're right. going to win that matchup. You're going to win that battle every time. And, and you know this is what they're telling the players, and, and they're just going to try to get that precision passing game. Hopefully, we want to run the ball also, and that will create some play action uh, for these timing routes. And Goff with his receivers should be able to move the ball against any team in the league, regardless of how touted their defense is. So, yeah, Philly is coming. Philly is dangerous. 
Um, and Philly is a Super Bowl team. You better believe they are in that caliber. Uh, our offensive line without Vitae is going to be a storyline. Um, so are, are we going to be able to do the things that, that we, we want to do and that we, we, we've scripted and practiced in, in training camp and preseason leading up to this moment? Or how much adjustment are they going to have to make? How comfortable are the players going to be with those adjustments? Um, a lot's going to come out of it and uh, i just can't wait to see it russ i can't wait for the season to get going i'm excited about this team um the the whole division actually all of the teams in this division um have had some intriguing storylines this off season um and it's really a lot, a lot of fun in the nfl this year you know as far as golf versus hurts for me like well, I, I and i think it's a funny just to see it golf versus hurts it's like the opposite of golf needs to happen like we need to take Hertz in the golf versus Hertz. If they can, like I said, if they can contain him and keep him in the pocket and make him throw from the pocket, then that's that. Then that's going to be good for our defense. The opposite is true for uh, golf. We need to keep him in the pocket and make sure that he's clean that he can make those throws from the pocket because that's where Goff is going to excel. If they can keep him clean within that pocket, I don't care how good Bradbury and Slay are. You cannot cover an NFL wide receiver for more than five seconds. It doesn't matter who you are unless you're Deion Sanders. You ain't, you're not crazy glue stick them. Slay ain't good enough to stick with shark for more than five seconds. He's not as fast. So if they can get that play action going and like, you know, run the football, you, you got to set golf up with the run, but yeah, golf versus hurts golf stay in the pocket hurts needs to get outside the pocket. Right. I think the best strategy for the lions to contain Jalen hurts is to keep him off the field. Uh, you know, uh, if, if they can have long drives, they can wear out that Philly defense and keep Jalen Hurts over there on the sidelines with all those weapons. I think that's the best way um, for the Lions is is be able to run the ball if they are able to run the ball and then get a, you know take their shots on third down or play action when they have to, but grind it out. You know that's what every coach wants to do. He wants to win the time of possession battle, right? right. So uh, you know I think that's the best way to defend him is to keep him on the sidelines. It's the same old uh, uh, song and dance from the 80s. I mean, I, I I remember seeing this song and dance, like literally every single regime from every single football team. Well, you know, I think that we need to run the football and control time of possession and play a good defense. It's like, oh, okay. Well, that's literally every team ever. <laughs> Until the end of time. Until the end of time. <laughs> it always will be. Run the football, play good defense, and win the turnover battle. Those are the keys to winning. Yeah. Remember every Monday night, it was the keys to winning. And the the keys to winning are always don't turn the ball over. Right? Oh, yeah. And and when we come to running backs, when it comes to these two teams, I honestly believe that Detroit and Philadelphia have like top to bottom, when you're talking top three running backs, probably two of the top running trios in the league. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the Lions are even better. I think the Lions are better than Philly. I think that's one of the areas on this roster where we get the check mark is the depth of running back. Um, I'm not a Miles Sanders fan, and and 
of what he does on the field. And Kenneth Gainwell, I believe, will be a great fantasy pickup in the late yep. rounds this year because I believe they're going to give more of Miles Sanders' work to Kenneth Gainwell based on some things that Miles Sanders himself has come right out and said, don't draft me in fantasy football because he sees how the, the load share is going and he knows that Kenneth Gainwell is gaining on him in the depth chart. Uh, I see what you did there. Like, I yeah. love it. <laughs> That's why they call him Gainwell, right? Well, Boston Scott, uh, while I don't see Boston Scott as a huge threat, he's a third down guy. He's, he's only like five foot six. Um, he, he's more of a gadget player to me. Yep. So I think that um, you're right. They're both got some good running back rooms, but I think the Lions get the edge here in the running game against the Eagles. I would have to agree with you 100% on that, and 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 I'll tell you why. Um, DeAndre Swift is a special back. He just hasn't been able to stay on the field. So if that guy gets healthy, gosh, that I mean, he's th – they were comparing him to Marshall Falk, and you know how much I love Marshall Falk, just with the ability to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield and be able to run the rock. Where we have them on running backs, it's like when Boston Scott gets out there – are you really expecting them to run between the tackles? Right. Oh, you know that they're, they're, he's probably going to be in pass protect and maybe try to use him as an outlet out of the backfield if the, the pass play breaks. Philadelphia always had players like that, like Darren Sproles, even, even Deuce Staley. Um, was was that kind of off off tackle back who who could pound it up between the numbers though? I, I guess right. maybe not maybe a good maybe not maybe a good. Not good friend, and we have two bell cows in Jamal w Williams yeah. and, and and Craig Reynolds. And Craig Reynolds is very underrated when it comes to the things that are important to guys like that coach like Deuce Staley, where it is protecting the quarterback on third down where you don't know, he might run the ball to Craig Reynolds on third down, or if it is a play action type of thing, he is excellent in pass protection when it comes to protecting the quarterback from uh, the running back position. So yeah, I think the matchup running backs, I think that is the one spot that we, I think that we have, the Philadelphia Eagles hands down in that area. So we've come to that great time. Here it is. I mean, we broke down the rosters. We've really looked at in depth of the matchup. So what say you, what do we have for just a straight up game prediction, Michael? Well, uh, I think, our, our listeners will be glad to know that every week at the end of our show, we're going to give uh, our little predictions here for the Lions upcoming game. And then we'll look around the league and, and give you one lock pick that we like um, from the other games on the NFL slate. So looking at the Lions and the Eagles, uh, the, the line started at four. It was Philadelphia minus four. So the Lions getting points at home. I love, I always like to take the home team with points. Um, but in this one, the line has now moved to four and a half, meaning more people are betting on Philadelphia and giving up the points. So the line has moved up to four and a half points. I am not, not going to take the Lions in four and a half points. I think the, the Eagles win by at least a touchdown in week one. So I'm going to take the Eagles and give up the four and a half. What about you? Well, I mean, I think that we are aligned when it comes to who's going to win the game. You know, we, we yeah. We, we went through the, you know, w with our predictions and we had both had them losing this game. And this was even before, I think we did it before the draft, even uh, be, be, oh, when they very first came out with the schedule. 
and everything. Oh, maybe it was right after the draft. But uh, I think that the Lions are going to play them closer. I think Dan Campbell is mad. I think that he was embarrassed last year. That was his worst loss of the year. They didn't look like they were prepared. And if they do get blown out this time, it ain't going to be for the same reasons. That's what I believe. But I do believe at four and a half, since they did kick it up, I'm going to go ahead and take the points, and I'm going to bet on the Lions. I think they're going to lose by two points. So Russ says take the points. I say take Philadelphia and give up the points. So looking around the league, Russ, what do you like for your lock pick this week? Of all the other games, what do you like the most to give our viewers um, and our listeners a little your opinion? What's a good bet this week? The lock of the week where – we got Green Bay Packers playing the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> and, and, you know, and if you didn't know, we're part of a couple of really cool groups on Facebook. Not, o- not only the main event 365 Facebook group, but the NFC North Huddle, which if you're into trash talking and you you want you want to talk some trash to some Green Bay Packer fans or some Viking fans or some Bear fans. That's the place. Go and join the NFC North Huddle and just get a hoot out of there. Grab some thick skin because if you don't have thick skin, you're going to be butthurt because they're going to come after you. you All right. Well, the Vikings are a one and a half point uh, underdog in their own building. So Packers on the road plus one and uh, minus one and a half. What do you got? This is easy. This is easy. Minnesota is the best team in this division. And I don't know. I mean, Packers have a lot of history and they love to brag about their history. And this team got worse on the offensive side of the ball. And Minnesota was good last year. And I think that they're mad that they didn't make it into the playoffs and that they underwhelmed last year. I not only am I going to take the points, I'm going to take Minnesota to win straight out by double digits. Wow. Wow. Uh, bold prediction there by Russell Wayne predicting uh, take the points in Minnesota, take the Vikings. Lock it um, in. I, I'm going to have to disagree with that pick because <laughs> while I think Minnesota has the best team in the division, they don't have the best quarterback. The best quarterback plays in Green Bay in this division. And I think with continuity of coaches, first game of the year, um, Kevin, Kevin O'Connell's Kevin O'Connell's system there in Minnesota, while it is a very uh, – successful system coming from the Rams. It's also very intricate, a lot of moving parts, a lot of extensive route trees. I think it's going to take a little bit of time for the the, the, the Vikings players to, to, to grasp that, and they're going to have to keep the playbook simple in week one. So I, I think I would go the other way personally. I like the Packers uh, giving up the points, even though they're on the road. But that does bring me to my lock pick of this week. And Russ, before I give you my pick, I just want to come out with a take here. I just want to give kudos to the NFL schedule makers. This is by far the most intriguing, entertaining, interesting week one in NFL history that I can ever remember. The storylines are endless. I mean, there's all the the well-known ones. Of course, Baker Mayfield with a sour ending he had in Cleveland goes over to play quarterback for the Carolina Panthers Panthers who did they get in week one the Cleveland Browns big revenge game there gotta love that also Von Miller gets traded from the Rams goes to play for the Bills who do they get in week one the Rams there are so many storylines like that uh the Jets versus the Ravens you don't even think there's a storyline there but 
the Jets quarterback gets hurt in training camp. So they have to step in the old veteran. Who is it? It's Joe Flacco, former Super Bowl winning quarterback for the Ravens against his old team in week one. Amazing. There are more. Deshaun Watson. They got to go play the Texans this year. But week one is loaded with them. They've got uh, Deshaun Watson coming back. The day after his suspension, they play the Texans. So kudos to the NFL schedule makers. But for my lock pick this week, I'm going to go for the one that I like the most. And that is last year, Carson Wentz played for the Indianapolis Colts. And all he had to do was not lose against the Jaguars on the last game of the year. The worst team in the league. And he couldn't get it done. He lost the game. The Colts didn't make the playoffs. They ran him out of Indianapolis because of it. He goes and signs with a new team. He's now the head quarterback for the Commanders. And who do the Commanders get in week one? The Indianapolis Colts? No, that'd be too good. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the team that's still in his head from last week. How awesome is that? So my lock pick for this week, Jacksonville Jaguars getting three points on the road against Indianapolis. What do you think of that, Russ? 11 trained men face-to-face on the field of play. <laughs> I love it, man. That's, that's a great lock to me. I, I love the, the, the fact that it's in his head. You know, Carson Wentz steals defeat from the jaws of victory on a regular basis. So – I wanted to disagree with you on yours since you disagreed with mine, but I can't. I, I like that. I, I really, really like that lock right there. So if you're the betting person, run, run, go, go, go put it down. Right. And then yes. we'll keep track of this all year and see how we do at the end of the year. Um, just remember that the best handicappers, the best prognosticators in the world can only hit 56%. So if you and I do somewhere around there, that'll make me feel really good with our lock picks every week. Um, but I, hey, I'm just excited. Uh, this is our third episode. Be sure to go check out our podcast, episode one, two, and three, anywhere where you get your podcasts or anywhere where you, you stream. Uh, you can also go over to our YouTube channel, like and subscribe and watch our podcast video version like we're doing right here today with me and Russell Wayne. Anything to say to the audience before we sign off, buddy? Well, actually, I mean, who who signs off anyway? You see this right over here? This is our Not Name series. You should go check it out. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast this week. Episode 3, 6 p.m. on Thursdays. Until then, one pride.